0: Ephesians chapter 4, 11 through 16. From 1969 to 1973, Chuck Colson was president Nixon's chief counsel. Colson was known as president Nixon's hatchet man. Colson's the one that organized the group who broke into psychiatrist Daniel Ellsberg's office. Colson was caught, of course, pleaded no contest, served time in federal prison. Something very profound happened to Charles Colson in federal prison. Charles Colson, inside and behind those cold bars, found a relationship with Jesus he had never had, and he became a follower of Jesus. Now, more than 30 years, maybe close to 40 years later now, Charles Colson is leading one of the world's largest prison ministries. After he was released from prison, He had uh, a profound experience at a a dinner party one night. And I just wanted to read to you what he wrote. He said, what a strange collection of people. A one-time Nixon loyalist who was a recovering alcoholic, a liberal Democratic senator from Iowa, a member of the Black Panther Party, an avowed Marxist revolutionary out on bail and an ex-KKK terrorist doing 35 years in prison. Here were men who represented opposite poles culturally, politically, socially. It would be unthinkable in the world's eyes that we could come together for any purpose. Yet, on this night, we prayed together, wept together, and embraced. Joined together by the power of the Holy Spirit in a fraternity that transcends all others. You know... The body of Jesus is mysterious. It's a, it's a miracle. It's miraculous and mysterious. It's a masterpiece of beauty sculpted out with God's own fingers. It's, it's, I think sometimes we do church so much that we forget about the majestic nature of the body of Jesus the body of Jesus now we've we, we've been on this series for four weeks it's the last sermon talking about God people without God people the body of Christ doesn't make any sense the body of Christ now listen to this very carefully doesn't work without the priesthood of every believer on the other hand, we can't understand the priesthood of every believer without the body of Christ. The priesthood can't work in isolation. The whole definition I've been giving you this month is that all Christians are, have been given authority to minister to God in His presence or access to minister God in His presence and authority to minister to other believers through the presence of Christ. I think one of the things that we, that we could misunderstand... If you were to take only the four messages up until today and and look for a theme, you might find the theme that I don't need anybody and I don't need anything because I have Jesus. Well, this morning, I want to look at the responsibility of of the God person, of the priest, to minister God's presence to other people. Last week, we looked at how ministering to God in His presence is us giving ourselves sacrificially to Him. But today we're going to look at another aspect, and this is exactly where the individualistic American culture clashes head-on with Jesus' culture. American individualism says, Oh, great, I finally found a theology that fits the way I feel. I don't need anything, I don't need anybody, I don't need a pastor, I don't need a church, I don't need a structure, I don't need an authority, I don't need anybody else telling me what to do. I have my Bible, Jesus, my dog, and Christian radio. I'll take Christian radio, that'll be all right. I'll take Christian radio. Maybe Christian CDs, I'll go to the Christian bookstore occasionally, and a little Christian TV. But that's all I need. I'll even surf some Christian websites. But that's it. I don't need, I have all I need in Jesus. But that's not what Martin Luther had in mind when he first started the Reformation. It's not what Jesus taught either. When the Bible says that we're all priests, the assumption that we can make when you hear about the unbelievable access that we have to God, the assumption we can make is that we're priests for us. You and I have been given access to God for us, but not just for us. We've been given access to God for other people. We've been given access into the holy of holies so that we might bring Christ's presence to other people. We're not a priest for ourselves. We're a priest for each other. I need you to be my priest. I need you to access God's presence for me. And by the way, while we're at it, I'm available to be your priest. I'm available to access God's presence for you. It's not that we are on our own now. No, no, no. It's that we're all together now. That we all have equal access to God. Being a priest means that we're willing to guide each other and live in living the Christian life. See, in, in the in the in the kingdom of God, people there's no one that's not leading, and there's no one that's not following. We're all leading, and we're all following. It is a community of, well, what did did the Bible call it? A kingdom. A kingdom of priests, a movement. What we've created sometimes looks like a Frankenstein experiment that's gone bad. We take the parts of Jesus we want, cut them off from the parts we don't want, and just take the part that we want and squish it together and make some monster out of it. If If Jesus died for the body of Christ... How can we live separated, disconnected from that body and live a priestly life? It's not possible. Imagine if I were to cut my hand off this morning and lay it on this stage. What good would it be? None. It'd be dead. What if I pulled my eye out and set it on a counter? What good would it be? The goodness of the eye and the goodness of the hand is as it is connected. If it's connected to the body, it's good. If it's disconnected from the body, it's no good. It can't serve its purpose. It can't fulfill its destiny. You see, we have Christians scattered. We have an anomaly in American life. Christians scattered throughout America claiming all they need is Jesus and live a separate life. Let me tell you what God people's about. God people. Let me tell you what the kingdom's about. It's about connectedness. Connectedness to God... And connectedness to each other. Connectedness to God is our access. Connected to each other is the authority we have in God. Now look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 and, and what I want you to do this morning... Uh, these are verses that will be very familiar to most of the people here. As much as you can, I want you to try to hear them uh, new. Try to hear them like, like you don't know them. And what I want you to see is how verse 11 through 15 builds to verse 16. Verse 16 is where we're going to be today. But if, you, but if you can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit speaking through verse 11 to 15, taking us somewhere, you can hear how, how the, the caption in my body says, unity in the body of Christ. This is how the body of Christ works. But if you can, if you can hear it flow together to verse 16, and we'll stay there. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. You see God's will? He's put in the body an order that's fit to build it up. It's self, self-replenishing. self Until we all reach unity in the faith, it's going to keep building this body up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then here's the result of all that. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown Here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Here's the big deal. Leave verse 16 there. Here's the big deal with God, people. The whole deal about all of it is if we can discover this mysterious thing in the body of Christ of authority and access, we can see the body of Jesus growing up into maturity, attaining into the fullness of Christ. Do you feel like that's the state of the North American church? Is there a possibility that it has something to do with this? Now look at verse 16. From him, who? Christ. The whole body, the entire thing. Joined and held together by every supporting ligament. Grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Can I tell you there is a universe of revelation in verse 16. It is a revolutionary idea for the body of Jesus. I'm going to give you three basic thoughts from, those, from verse 16 this morning. The first thing that captured my attention in verse 16 is he says that this thing is joined and held together by every supporting ligament. What does that mean? If you're taking notes, here's the first thing. The priesthood of, of the kingdom is communal. It's community in nature. It's it's about togetherness. As we look around the room this morning, I mean, just take a good look. The only thing that some of the people in this room have in common, the only thing, is that we don't deserve to be Christ followers. We don't deserve. The one common denominator in this room is we don't deserve to be forgiven for our sin. We don't deserve to be believers. We don't deserve to have been welcomed into the kingdom, but we have been. And we are. And here we are. What knits our hearts together is that we belong to Jesus. Therefore, you and I don't get to pick our brothers and sisters. Surprise! Jesus, like, gets to pick. I want you to think about it, I want to give you a picture this morning. I want you to think about this network joined and held together like a, an organic metal. It's both strong and flexible, an organic metal spider web, like a, like a like a, a an intricate, complex web of connections. That's like organic metal. It's alive. It's not dead. It's living. It's breathing. It's moving. But it's strong. It's, it's metal. It's steel. When we misunderstand the priesthood, what, what, what happens is we're constantly wondering where the life of Jesus comes from. The way the North American church works is we have one point where the life of Jesus comes from and it's distributed like a fountainhead to everybody. Right, Uh, if the church starts to starts to sag, if the church starts to lose its lose its something, somebody says, "All right, Pastor, preach the preach the presence of Jesus into us, because it's lacking." It's one dimensional. We, we, you have to do something. You have to fix this. What God people means is, is that as all believers, we have the same access to God. We have the same authority. So when we gather together, wherever we gather together, we have been authorized to release Jesus presence into whatever's around us. So think about this. We have this, this spider web everywhere. Two strings meet is a, is a, is a priest is a god person everywhere there's an intersection in this in this connection in this web there's a god person and is that god person standing there imagine if they were releasing god's presence into that community releasing god's presence into those connections releasing God's presence into it. Now you have this alive connection, this alive web that's pulsating and breathing and has multiple injection points where the presence of Jesus is just being jammed into it from every possible point. This might not excite you at all. It thrills me. Are are you already already thinking about turkey? Turkey? This is how the body of Jesus is to work. Firing on all cylinders. A surge of God's presence. Where's it coming from? Everywhere. What you do in some churches, you say, well, the the pastor brings the presence of Christ. And and, and really, churches have really, oh, well, well, the worship pastor and the worship team brings the presence of Christ. But in a kingdom of priests, the priest brings the presence of Christ. So everywhere, that, everywhere a God person's at, the presence of Jesus can be released there. Imagine trying to water a hundred acre field with one sprinkler. Well, set my alarm for 2 a.m. I'll get out there and move it. You know what that's what a lot of churches are like? You stick the pastor in a field, and let him try to water stuff and then run over and water something else. Can never be in enough places at once. But what if you had a hundred or, or, or five hundred or a thousand or five thousand sprinkler heads and they were all going at one time? Now we're talking tsunami. Tidal wave. This is the way the body of Jesus works. Bringing the living water to the dry places from multiple points. Here's the second thing. The second phrase is grows and builds itself up in love. Grows and builds itself up in love. How, how does the body grow and what is, the, what is the food, what is the fuel that, that builds up? You and I up in love. it 's the same thing. it's the presence of Christ. So, so the body's not only communal, this body's not only communal, this body of Jesus is a ministering body. It 's a ministering body. How does the body grows? It grows as it stays connected. This, this organic metal web of relationships is the superhighway that Jesus presence travels on. How does Jesus get from one person to another? Through the body of Jesus. How does Jesus' presence travel? Well, it travels through our words. His presence travels through our actions. His presence travels through prayer. When you come up to it, I, I fully believe with all my soul that one Christian has the authority to lay hands on, speak words to, and plant encouragement into another Christian's life. I believe that. What is that? It's the, it, However you word it, it's the presence of Jesus flowing from one of God's priests to another one. And then back and forth. You, you know the verses that say, uh, let those of you who are strong support the weak and those kind of ideas? What we misunderstand is, is that we think that there are people that are always strong and always weak. I think that all of us are sometimes strong and sometimes weak. When you're strong, minister to the weak. And later on, it'll shift. And that one's going to be, well, that one's going to be strong and you're going to be weak. Strengthen each other up words of encouragement, questions, insights. When I go do my devotions and the Lord gives me an insight and I share that insight with someone else, you know what happens? The presence of Jesus travels on my words. It sinks down in somebody else's spirit and then that person the rest of the day is going, "Man, that's that's working on me." What is that? That is God people. It's priesthood. It's authority to minister. We minister Jesus' presence through actions. I firmly believe that servanthood is an activity whereby Jesus' presence is released. How else can you define Jesus slipping away from the table, taking a towel and a bowl of water and washing feet? How else can you define that? Jesus, was there a greater contrast in the culture Jesus lived in and what Jesus was doing? He was setting himself up in opposition to the popular culture of his day. Still still pretty uh, opposing, isn't it? But when you serve, when you move into someone's life in the spirit of servanthood, Jesus' spirit is moving through you and you're ministering. You're ministering his presence. What about prayer? How is it that someone can say to you, I'm praying for you, and you know they mean it, and you have a renewed sense of vitality? How can that happen? Is that just encouragement? Is it just, is it just the fact that somebody thought about you? Or does Jesus' presence actually move through it? What about when somebody prays for you? Why, why is it that we pray so much? Because that's how Jesus' presence travels from one person to another. We get together, we lay hands on each other, and we pray. And you know what happens? Jesus' presence flows through the body. And that web begins to strengthen. That web begins to like a heartbeat begins to beat and live. There's life in it. Here's the third thing. Each part does its work. The last phrase that just captured me is each part does its work. The the priesthood is communal. The the priesthood is a ministering community. And then then the priesthood is a community that's only strong as each part does its work. Now, Now, how do you define that? Let me give you a simple way. When you use your strengths for God's glory. Use your strengths for God's glory. Stacy and I were in a, a bookstore a couple years ago, and I noticed something that I, I, it just, it captured my eye. I was, look I just started to look for a book on helping you increase your strengths. It's in a Christian, a big Christian bookstore. And as, I, and as I look past all the titles on the shelf, it, it was like this. Steps to overcoming your past. Eight ways to break anger. Slim down. Get out of debt. Break free. Overcome this habit. <laughs> and I, it mostly... Everything on the shelf boiled down to one thing. Here's how to deal with your weaknesses. I never found a book in the store that had to do... With increasing or ministering or living out of your strengths. Now let me tell you what that's about. You're not going to be happy. We focus on our weaknesses as a matter of idolatry. It's idol worship. Because what we're trying to do is to become Jesus by ourselves. Because we're trying to eliminate every weakness we ever had or the things that are bothering us. Have you ever thought the things that bother you might not bother Jesus as much? What might bother Jesus is is that we're so focused on our weaknesses we never run in our strength. As I looked at those books, I said, what is this about? It's about about the American public becoming so saturated with self-help stuff. We're trying to help ourselves when Jesus already did all the help we need. But when you focus and immerse yourself in that, you're you're trying to individually work out the kingdom. The kingdom can't be worked out individually. We can't become Jesus by ourselves. We can only become Jesus together. That's why it's called the body of Jesus. What are your primary strengths? God people means you take your God-given strengths and that's the focus of your life Pouring those out for God. What are your primary strengths? They're your spiritual gifts. The reason priesthood is so overwhelming to us is because when we hear it, what we think is we're now responsible for everybody and everything. Priest seems like a big title. What if the priesthood of believers meant ministering Christ's presence to those people that you're already connected to? What if that's what it meant? What if it didn't mean that you're responsible for everyone and everybody? What if it did mean that you're responsible for somebody? A few people. And you could minister Jesus' presence to them. Out of your strengths. In relationship. Minister Christ's presence to those you're connected to. And the presence of Jesus just keeps surging through this web. And the entire body keeps getting stronger and stronger. See, the body of Jesus isn't like, it's not like an army stationed out in platoons and regiments and levels. The body of Jesus is like a symphony where everybody plays a different instrument, but no one's more important than anyone else. We have different roles, but nobody's more important. Isn't that what Paul said in 1 Corinthians? How can the eye say? How can the ear say? How can the foot? How can the hand? How can the mouth? We need every part, every part connected, every part living and breathing and doing what it was called to do. Let me show you what happens. As the body of Jesus, as we understand our access and authority to God, we become this communal, ministering, functioning out of our strengths, kingdom of priest that are webbed together, and as we continue to connect and stick, it's like pieces of a puzzle making a picture of Jesus to the world. You cannot, I cannot show Jesus to the world as much as we can together. You as one person, I as one person cannot reflect everything that Jesus is. It takes the whole body to do that. But together as we, as we, as that, as that web, as we infuse Jesus' presence into each other, as we build each other up, as we strengthen each other, not only does there come a better picture, a clearer picture of who Jesus is for the world to see, there also, that web makes a really good net for fishing. And that's where you take that strong, living, organic metal net and you throw it around the world and you drag the harvest in. That's what the priesthood is for. Not only is is the access that you and I have not just for, for me or for you, it's not even just for the body. It's for the world. It's for those that Jesus died for. If you want to find an easier way to reveal Jesus to this community, it's going to be a lot easier the deeper we're connected. This community will see Jesus through us as we're connected more on a corporate level than they ever will in an isolated way.